This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. (laughs) (laughs) That's my whale song. This movie came out. It's enchanting. (laughs) This movie came out in 1986, directed by Leonard Nimoy. Uh, (laughs) That's right. Based on the characters from Gene Roddenberry, written by Leonard Nimoy and others, starring William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, and the rest, George Sakai. <laughs> That's right. Oh my. Catherine Hicks. I don't even know who put. I don't, James Doohan. I forgot about him. It's no good, Cotton. Michelle Nichols. Michelle Nichols, yes. Mm-hmm. Walter Koenig. Oh, nuclear missiles. <laughs> it's on the list <laughs> alright well this was obviously the fourth installment of the Star Trek movies and this was on my list um, did not see this in the movie theaters I uh, don't think I've seen any of the Star Trek movies in the movie theaters uh, no that's not true I saw the some of the next generation ones and the new Chris Pine ones I've seen in the movie theaters but none of the original cast ones I think I, I, I know I saw five and six yeah yeah Unfortunately, I watched The Undiscovered Country in theaters. Well, let me. So, I, I may have mentioned this when we did Wrath of Khan. I had never seen a Star Trek movie up until Undiscovered Country. And there was like one weekend, um, and it was right before school started, the end of summer, right before school started. So, like right around this time. And for some reason, the pay per view channel was just had Undiscovered Country on, and it was coming in free. And we just, I was, it was on all day, and I just kept watching it. I was like, <laughs> Well, I've heard of Star Trek, and it's a free movie. <laughs> and I, I, actually, I really liked it. This was my first one, so I, I liked it a lot. And then I went back, and this is like my first binge session. Binge session. I went to Blockbuster or whatever, and I rented all the, the, the other five. I went and watched all of them like in one weekend. Went through and watched Star Trek 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And this was, uh, at that time, it was my, my favorite one. Um, as as time goes by, so Wrath of Khan has replaced it. But this was my favorite one for a long time, and I still still like it. Um, it's so <laughs> I can't believe this movie was made. That's how weird it is. That... <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. I was thinking about that too. Like on paper, this movie does not work at all. No, let's just take the top or one of the top two sci-fi franchises of all time. Let's just do this major political statement. I don't know if political statement is the right thing, but we're just gonna. I mean, can you imagine Star Wars doing this? It's like no, no, no. no yeah. We're, we're, you know, you want to see Luke blow up a Death Star? No, we're going to talk about saving endangered species. <laughs> Nuke the whales. But anyway, it works for me, um, and I really enjoyed it. So for you guys, or you did not see it in the theater? You said at home. Uh, I did not yeah, watch I can't, this. I can't imagine I saw this in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just on VHS on cable. I've seen it a ton of times. Mm-hmm. Good old video Lotus. The one thing I do remember going to like Fedco or some department store with my mom and dad and leaving me in the TV department, probably to play Nintendo. You know how they have Nintendo's on display and you can play them? (laughs) Yep. 
but other kids were playing them, so I couldn't. So I was watching what was over on TV, and I think it was probably like 1987 or whatever, and Star Trek Four came out on home video, and I was watching the whale part. And I was like, oh, what? this is weird. I thought like Captain Kirk and Spock were in space. Why are they playing with whales? And then a few years later, I found out why. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, let's get into it. As usual, we're just going to talk about seven items from the movie. I will go first. And uh, number seven for me is Creepy Kirk. <laughs> he, he's a little too creepy with uh, I, I forgot her name in this movie the the Julian, whale. I don't I don't even know if they ever say her name. I think, but uh, yeah, Catherine Hicks. Yeah, let's see, Catherine Hicks. Yeah, Julian. Oh, yeah, but I don't remember saying. Anyway, he's just a little too creepy with her this entire movie, and, and it was just yeah. They they tried to. <laughs> I that love, love Italian. There. And I gotta give her credit. Like she seems totally game for it. Like I believe her that she she seems attracted to him. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, Jeff. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the age <laughs> difference here. Which I mean, it's, this is it's Hollywood, so it's always this way. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's 20 years younger than him. Yeesh. Um. Anyway, I just found him creepy, especially at the end. Like. <laughs> He said, hey, I just saved all these whales. Don't, doesn't Captain Kirk get a little something-something? Like, yeah. he's just... <laughs> uh. Well, that is Kirk, though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I guess it is. And I don't know enough about... I guess TV show Kirk got a lot of action, right? Out of the movies, I don't ever see him doing it. But the... d- it does, Yeah, it's weird in the movies because... Maybe just because they're older, they didn't want to do it. But... Uh... <laughs> Everybody does it. You do it. I did it this morning. <laughs> right, anyway, that's my number seven. So, Alex, what's your number seven? My number seven is the whaling videos that they showed on the tour. Those were very rough to watch. Gross. Yeah? Yeah. That's what they were doing, though. That's what this film was about. Uh, I know. I, I wonder, I wonder like, how this movie would have done in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tentacle Wolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you say Tentacle Wolf? No, it's a dinner for wolves. <laughs> should watch that movie for Halloween. <laughs> tentacle Wolf? That? Oh, that's probably, probably the thing. Never mind. There you go. We should, we yeah. should watch the thing. Um, yeah. I've been to a couple of those like old whaling villages in, in Maui, and they kind of show the exact same videos. But there they're like, they're like and then... We found out we found crude oil, and we didn't need to use blubber to for our lamps and stuff. And unfortunately, the whaling industry fell flat, and so did our little town. Like, eh, it's probably for the best. Well, now it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, it traumatized me as a kid, and still, like, it was very eye-opening when I watched it recently. So, it's my number seven. So, did this movie save whales the way Rocky Four saved us from the Cold War? I'll I'll say that this this movie made a much more eloquent effort. <laughs> yeah, I think so. A little bit. All right. Um, I mean, it's not like the whalers at the end see the error of their ways all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. went to the moon. <laughs> they carry a harpoon. There ain't no whales. At least I'll tell. You. Anyways, uh, my number seven. Uh, yes. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of whales, uh, sci-fi whales, um, I really like the the high concept here of the this probe. Uh, 
uh, that just for whatever reason is doing the whale speak, and they, and they kind of uh, hand wave it with this idea that oh well whales have been around for a really long time so this this other alien life came by way before humans were here and and they just were checking up on the whales uh, but but I really like this this concept of this kind of uh, I, I think whales like they they kind of symbolize this this massive non-threatening and a form of life uh, that I think translates really well when you're when you're trying to pigeonhole uh, this, this high sci-fi concept um, and I I really dug that much of it. And the, the whole giant probe thing is, has been done before. Um, that's not that novel, but the kind of the approach here. Um, Tell me about it. I've been sore for years. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I just really liked it. Um, and just kind of uh, on the side, I actually really liked the whale work that they did here for, for a lot of this movie. Uh, yeah, you know, the, they look good. Yeah, like at the end, the, those were like all animatronics. When they're in the the bay, um, so that was really cool. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, this movie was one of the first movies that I watched. Like there were special features, and they were on the VHS, which was pretty uncommon back then, at least for I remember. And I watched it, and maybe it was because it was hosted by Leonard Nimoy, and I was able to <laughs> like I cared who he was, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how yeah, the, they had animatronics for the stuff there. They had like little robots and tails for like the parts when they come out, like at the aquarium and stuff. And it was also the very first time I learned about letterbox versions of the movies. I don't know if you guys remember this. Star Trek Four came out in letterbox. Is that the right term I'm using? With the black bars. Yeah, it would have been called that. Yeah, like that's definitely what my dad would have called it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 he has an introduction saying that why he chose to do it that way, and like especially the scene where the three of them are in the pickup truck. And that the way it was shot, if you would have, you know, do the normal, what they do with VHS, either Kirk or uh, she would be out of the screen. So he talked about, that was the first time I ever learned about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And if Spock says it, then I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. Why would they cut off the top and bottom of the movie? Why would they, <laughs> the black bars, they just don't make sense. You They're can't covering see up. anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. It's a Thanksgiving I won't forget. Trying to explain that to my <laughs> parents, a 12 year old, explaining that to his family. Wow. So, my number six, most of my stuff are just like funny moments. This is probably the by far the funniest Star Trek movie. Um, yeah. And it's when just that little throwaway line of well, two lines one with Doctor giving her, uh, she has kidney, sorry, kidney dialysis, and he gives her a pill. And like the next scene, or is it the Dark Ages? And the next scene, you see her. Doctor gave me a pill, and I got a new kidney. Oh man, I love it. That, that whole yeah, just DeForest Kelly in the, the hospital. That that whole sequence. <laughs> yeah. Just my rolling. God, man. <laughs> yeah, it just really pulls in his head. Yeah, just, just his yeah, indig- indignation and irritation. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like he came up with that little device that fixed him. Doctor Ball. You. Comfortable. All right, the the kidney the kidney pill is my number six. Alex, my number six. I like the whole at, at the very beginning. The crew's out of time, and they don't know the rules because 
They're from the 23rd century, so they went back in time like 150, 200 years. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the car, the taxi pulls up, almost runs over Kirk. They don't know how to curse properly. Uh, they're, they're, this thing on, it's like, hey, you still use currency in this town? What is this? Surprised they even got out of this dark ages. <laughs> uh, yeah, check off <laughs> looking for nuclear vessels. Just, just anybody, any random person looking for the base in Alameda. <laughs> it's like, Alameda? I think that's across the bay, you know, in Alameda. It's like, that's, Alameda. yeah, Alameda. I know that. <laughs> uh, so then just in general, just being out of time was fun to see. Yeah. When he trades in his watch for money and he give him a hundred. Is that a lot? <laughs> Is that a lot? <laughs> he's like, wait, didn't Dr. McCoy give you those glasses as a present? Well, the beauty of it is he still will. Yeah. All right. Scott, number six. All right. Uh, my number six, uh, I think more so than, than, well, maybe the 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 sixth movie a little bit. Um, and a little bit in the fifth movie, but... Like out of out of all the Star Treks, this one is the most space operatic. Um, where the the whole movie starts with with the the council or the courtroom, whatever that is, um, and then the Klingons are making their case, and there's all the aliens, uh, and they they talk about how if Kirk's alive, then uh, there there will never be peace and. Um, yeah, you got to get more than just what's going on on the Enterprise, uh, which is which is not really uh, too much of a thing until this movie. Really, uh, the the original TV show, like they were in deep space. That was like the whole point. Like they were on this exploratory mission, um, so they were like going back. They were shuttling back and forth between Starfleet, uh, like they like to do in future series. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just interesting that. To see that the, the take of that going on uh, for really the first time, um, you know the you know sci-fi. Uh, the, you know, the, yeah, in the original show, more more sci-fi than, than space opera. Although it, it definitely was that at a lot of points, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, this you get you get a lot more of that, and I just think it's interesting. More world, yeah, I world like, building, I guess, or, or galaxy building, however you want to phrase it. Or setting, explaining what's happening, since this takes place right after the last movie. Well, that's what I was going to say. Episodes two through four like, is, is a co- very continuous trilogy. Right? At the end of two, you have, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Spock dying, sending him down, the Genesis missile going off. The three is going down to that planet, getting Spock, everything. This is... The starship Enterprise has been blown up. That's where they're using the Bird of Prey all the way. I, I just that's really cool the way these things set up. But I don't, you might yeah. be a little lost if you just started with this one. You're like, where the fuck's the Enterprise and why are they in this Klingon ship? And yeah, I did. I did yeah. think yeah, like the the exposition was a little shoehorned in the, the beginning. But you know what? What are you going to do? Like, yeah, I, 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 I'd rather I'd rather them do that than recap the last movie because <laughs> yeah the, exactly the just think about now it's how everything is with an avengers movie you don't, it don't it's like you have 20 movies of baggage you got to carry with you when you go into it i like it i think it's cool did you catch the et's in that scene <laughs> the wookies <No. laughs> yeah the wookies the all right uh, that was scott's number six yes all right so my number uh 
five is basically the same thing that Alex was saying is the them out of place in New York and specifically looking for the nuclear missiles. And yeah, they didn't play up enough on the him being Russian thing like in the eighties. That would have been huge. I mean, I know when he gets caught, they're talking, oh, he's a rescue and all that. But like, I, I thought that would have been a bigger deal. Like even from the people in town. It is anyway. San Francisco. Maybe that's why that cop was like giving him dirty looks. And why wouldn't he answer his questions? Couldn't understand. Jerk. Him? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, that was just fun seeing him, like seeing them all trying to get on bus. What is it exact change and all that stuff? <laughs> What's exact change? That's my number five, Alex. Uh, along those same lines, I do like when Chekhov got caught. <laughs> And the whole, like, it seemed like just a little Evan and Costello routine that he had with the interrogator. That was great. Yeah. I can go now? You, you can tell this was the 80s. This guy's a retard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, maybe he's a Ruski. What are you, an idiot? Of course he's a Ruski. Uh, um, all right. Yeah. Well, then, uh, that was funny. It's so stupid. Like I don't understand. I guess I don't understand beaming. I don't know enough about Star Trek, but like, Scotty, what are you doing? Just beam the exact same spot that uh, Uhura was a second ago. I don't understand. <laughs> that's 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 like <laughs> that's like seventy five percent like in in every Star Trek plot there's where there's drama. some reason. There's always some yeah. reason why they can't just beam whatever the fuck they want to where they want. Mm-hmm. Like that that's that's like that's like that, that's like ha- like yeah again that's every single plot like I just have to figure out a way around that yeah and then the other thing I don't know if about beaming technology but I'm pretty sure when she jumped on Kirk that would oh, have been I was bad just about news. to bring that up yeah, yeah. it's like wouldn't they, this would be like a whole so, fly no, situation they, they they figured that out like that that actually <laughs> gets explained through several of the, the course of the, not not to get too nerdy here but like. Like it, it actually, next generation. It's it's in a lot of the plots where they they have the the, the basically the filter. There's like a filter when you when you beam somebody, it like separates everything out. That's the way that's supposed to be. At least it's supposed to. Well, then shouldn't Kirk have just beamed right out from her arms? But I don't think I don't like. It's still gotta like take whatever's with you to be. To uh, I be guess safe, it was a, I guess. a Klingon. Teleportation technology, I guess. That is true. They were using Klingon stuff. <laughs> we don't know. Alright. Um, that was Alex's number five? No, that was Scott's. Oh, uh, Scott's. Oh, sorry to mind. Um, so my number four, mm-hmm. I thought it was very cool at the end to see the new Enterprise and see the, their reaction to seeing the new Starship. I thought that was pretty cool. The music build up and, and then the takeoff and Oh, wait, so oh, no. I didn't get to do my five. <laughs> oh, you didn't? No. Oh, my bad. I thought it's, you did. So I did Space Opera at six. Okay. Well, then go ahead. So, so my five was just their their whole take on filtering the the, the Star Trek timeline at the, at focusing it on the, the mid-80s. Um, yeah, just just as, as like, like a friend of mine used the term time anchors. Just all the anachronisms, uh, like the punk rock guy <laughs> was cracking me up uh, because because <laughs> the song you're saying was saying "screw you" because you know this is PG thirteen <laughs> if, if that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. So you can't say fuck you, which is exactly what that song would have said. You got random punk. How nobody has a problem with, for all they know, Spot killed him. Like, <laughs> you could be like, you'd be fucking dead and everybody's clapping. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, again, just the, the between that and the, the filter of the filmmakers at the same time, like, you know, it was a bunch of older dudes with uh, older sensibilities. Like, I, I, like, like you were saying in the uh, documentary, Jeff, um, it was clear Leonard Nimoy was like definitely more progressive. Nimoy. Between him and, and uh, Shatner. Uh, mm-hmm. But even he was like, oh yeah, this will be funny when we have this scene of this this punk rock guy. like um, Getting murdered. Yeah, but just... Uh, <laughs> you know, the... They... they For all the... F- I wanted to say about this, but... Like, all the fish-out-of-water stuff, like, they do a pretty good job of not really dating it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's the stuff with the Yellow Pages... <laughs> sure, no longer yeah. a thing. Um, and there's Yelp now, technically. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's gone. Uh, just uh, the way aquariums work. Like, I think people are a lot more aware of how that that works. Like, there's I, I, I could be wrong, but I can't imagine an aquarium being able to to I, I don't know the right word is house, but to maintain a couple of humpback whales. Like, they couldn't really do it with the orcas. Like, I understand how they knew something that's, like, five five times the size of that. Yeah. No, they can't. I, I remember one time mm-hmm. I went to SeaWorld. Like, the last time I've been to SeaWorld. Damn you, coconut. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Coconut. <laughs> uh, they had a baby one. It was, like, caught in the nets. And they had it. And it was just a baby. And they said, yeah, we have it here for, like, Two more weeks max, and we have to get it out of here because we cannot hold it. And this is SeaWorld, and they're known for being new nasty stuff. So even they knew they couldn't keep it in there. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they have any in captivity. And just for people who don't know, that captivity, aquarium is you. in Monterey. It's That's called the Monterey Aquarium? Is that what it's called? Uh, I don't know. I've been there once when I was a kid. Yeah, I was just there last year for the second time. Yeah, it's I forgot the actual name, but it's in Monterey Bay. It's, it's basically just it's a really cool place. They don't have humpback whales, but <laughs> they do have lots of otters and seals and sharks. Yeah, could you people are always cool with keeping sharks. <laughs> yeah, but no great whites. I still think great whites don't survive in any cap any kind of captivity. But they'll have yeah, probably don't. Other ones. I mean, it wouldn't make sense because sooner or later somebody would be like, oh, "I'm gonna jump in the fish tank." And then, <laughs> well, it's not just that they just can't live. They need they need so much area to cover that they just can't build. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mind know, like, with the sharks. That's like, not good. I don't like see. Like, yeah, as a kid, like I wasn't really thinking about it, you know. And, and as an adult, like I, like I love a lot of the shit at SeaWorld. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like definitely have conflicting <laughs> emotions about about everything now. Um, but uh, like, was it? I, I bring that up because I was just thinking of the, the shark encounter, the one in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's mm. fucking rad. I mean, it's it's probably been like twenty years since I've done it, but um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Where, where was I? Yeah, just again, just their their lens on the the eighties with the um, really the only point they get kind of heavy handed with with their messaging is the or their. Um, Again, the, the filter that the, the 
cast and crew were putting on things was all the environmental stuff. And it's still relevant. <laughs> yep. You know, like, we, we, we do one of these movies every once in a while where, like, unfortunately the message here is, is still just as relevant, if not more so. Especially one about us fucking up our own planet. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone just got... Star Trek's got to make a movie about global warming, maybe. And then we'll... Yeah. You know, and I, and I say this as we all sit here, like... <laughs> Sucking up juice on these computers to record a podcast. But, uh, anyway. A- and uh, anyway. That's right. Lay, Lay back. back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, so now we're on to my number four, which I already said was that them seeing the, the, new, the new Enterprise at the end of the movie. Getting, you know, Kirk, Kirk getting demoted to the rank that he should be. And then get that little... The reveal of the new Starship Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Love that moment. That's my number four. Alex, that's number four. My number four is the Death Tube. I like that it, it's all it is, really. It's just a big old tube. It's <laughs> fucking up everything on its way to Earth. Like Star Trek, uh, I mean, for budget limitations, of course, on the TV show, they had to do stuff like that. When they do like a giant space creature, it's just like a paper mache cornucopia type of thing. Uh, but I like it. it. It just the sheer size. They they did a good job of scaling that thing, so you could tell how huge it was. Mm-hmm. And when it got to Earth and that little spinny ball and everything, so they kept it very simple, but it, it was still shot effectively. So it it was uh, a very menacing threat. Yeah, I remember as a kid, I thought it was stupid. Now I watch it, I like it. it just yeah, cause it's coming from you don't know where, somewhere in deep space, and yeah. it, that that works for me. It's a, it's a probe. It's a yeah. probe tube. And the texture on it is what sold it for me. It was big and it had some texture on it. Oh, yeah. yeah at the this end, could yeah. come from freaking from wherever. So Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then uh, Scott, number four. Oh, well. I just went on a, a jag just a second ago. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, number four is... Uh, Another interesting thing in this movie, um, so when when the series started, um, they they already were like well into their mission, um, and then in the movies hit, uh, the first movie was was kind of this big response to like two thousand and one and and I, I think Dune would come afterward, but just the the super hardcore sci fi um, idea. Um, the second one kind of back to its roots, where it was more about the characters. Um, in, in this, you actually see the, the relationship building. Um, so you actually see, uh, you know, Kirk and Spock having to build a relationship again. Kirk and McCoy having to build a relationship again. Um, you know, unfortunately, Spock doesn't get to interact too much with the rest of the crew. Um, but... Yeah, I just I, I had a lot of fun seeing that because that's not really something you get in the the original cast. Um, that's basically all the the J.J. Abrams ones are is is uh, the bromance between Kirk and and Spock in the in the mm-hmm. new series. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of fun to see these characters have to kind of rebuild their relationships again. Agreed. 
Okay. How do you feel? <laughs> How do you feel? How do you feel? All right. Uh, my number three, and it's the whole whale story. We've kind of already talked about it, but the fact that they built, <laughs> built a movie around <laughs> saving whales, having to go back in time. It's a cool concept. I really, it, it could be corny, and it, it works for me. Um, and then some of the stuff I liked... Like, I remember, like, it took me a couple times to really pay attention to get some of these details when I was a kid. Like, how do they know to, like, listen under underwater? Like, that just seems ridiculous. I know. Let's listen to it underwater. But then Spock says, hey, it's targeted toward the oceans. I, I think I missed that the first couple times. Mm-hmm. And then, was it Kirk or, or Bones saying, like, hey, well, can we just, like, take a recording and send it back? And it's like, well, no, it would just be gibberish. We don't know the language. And yeah, that, that so, was so, I like the Spock. way they thought that yeah. stuff out. Um... I thought it was cool. The only thing I don't know, this is the thing, I don't know Star Trek tech or the force, I guess. This, like, when he's doing the mind meld. <laughs> yes. How was he, if he doesn't understand the language, how was he able to mind meld with the, ho- with the horse, with the whale to find out if it was pregnant and that it was allowing them to take it away? So I think, I think hmm? the, I don't know if that's ever directly explained. Um, <laughs> at least from what I've seen. I'm, I'm definitely not, like, <laughs> like, I'm definitely not an expert. Um, I think it's more of a like a primal, like you just basically imprint memories into somebody. So he's basically okay. pulling, like, that are that already interpreted thought into his own head. Yeah, memories, but, feelings, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, gotcha. I don't, I don't know if like if he has to process any of that. That's a good question, Joe. Like, I don't, I don't know if he just instantaneously or if he has to like stop and think about it for a minute. But uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. They're not like they're not like they're not talking to each other. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not like a Professor X thing. Gotcha. All right. Well, anyway, I just like like the whole the whole the whole whale story. Now, to to, to one thing, Jeff. Though, um, so the, yeah, they do go out of their way to explain why the the whole thing about the whales. They could barely be asked to to go through the whole time travel thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, well, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, slingshot around the sun. Yeah. And then they had that super weird, like, 2001. Yeah, with the CG heads. Yeah, that was What the fuck was that? Yeah, what the heck was that? That, that was, was, that so... was, that took me right out of the movie, by the way. Yeah, I but, forgot uh, about that. That was yeah, random. Yeah, so honorable mention to that just being weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was funny, because they, they, they go way out of their way to explain everything with the whales. And they're like, okay, we're traveling to the time. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe that needs a little explanation, too. Nope. Yeah. How did they travel through time and first contact? I don't remember. Um, Got the whales to do it. Yeah. <laughs> did they do the same thing? Did they slingshot around the sun? Or is it like a yeah, Borg thing? I, uh, I forget no. exactly what what that was. God, you know some of our listeners are like, you idiots. Yeah, I can't remember. There's right. something Borg were doing, though, for sure. Well, yeah, because they were fighting against the Borg and everything. Right. But I just I don't know if that if they used their technology or they just did the slingshot thing again. It wasn't, it wasn't the slingshot thing. Okay. At least I don't think it was. Anyway, yeah, they did very handy if, with the time if, travel thing. If it was that easy to travel through time, the universe would have been destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alright, um... Uh, Alex, number three. My number three is Bones at the Hospital. 
<laughs> he just hates everything in there. He's like they're they're they put the drape over the lady and they're faking her into the gurney into the elevator and the two other doctors are talking about you know cancer treatments and aggressive chemotherapy. Bones, just the look on Bones' face. This is damn dark ages. What? Oh, and your answer is to drill holes in a man? Yeah, just, nope. Uh, DeForest Kelly is a grumpy old man. Uh, hard to beat. Hard to beat. Yeah. That's why Judge Dredd was so good in the role. I was going to say, Carl Urban does a pretty good job at doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was thinking about the, the new cast a little bit, and uh, yeah, no problems with Carl Urban. Hollywood's finest scholar. Hollywood's finest yeah. scholar. Sorry, I forgot to throw it in there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, Scott, what's your number three? Uh, my number three, you, you guys already kind of talked about it, but uh, the the punishment at the end uh, was was it, it felt. Um, you, you mentioned the whole. Uh, trilogy in the middle um, Jeff so this felt like the, the big reward for that for that whole we're sticking through all three of those movies um, and a little bit more to say about kind of why I think they've ended it this way but um, yeah it was just super cool like of course Kirk shouldn't be an admiral like he needs to be in the seat um, it, it never really made sense uh, from a like a character standpoint of like why he would have done that um and and i always thought that was interesting like you could in in the like two movies where he actually is an admiral um yeah you can you can tell he's never at ease with it like he's he's not the type to to sit in the back and, and let yeah. people do stuff and um and it only makes sense that they're like like yes we have to punish you but like you're a living legend so here you go here's your goddamn ship like get out of here yeah. yeah, I really liked it too. Yeah, go find God. Yeah, yeah go find God. <laughs> what, what does God need? Massage. Um, yeah, that was uh, my my shiner sounds a lot like my cage. I was just gonna <laughs> say. But, uh, yeah, and then what you're saying, Jeff, when they they see the new ship and like right before that, I I I might be just confused all the stuff within the movie, but isn't like Scotty like being a little pissy? He's like, oh, look at this other ship. Like, I guess it's a good ship or whatever. <laughs> and then they see that. Or am I thinking of a different movie? Well, I know they're talking mm. about they're wondering what ship they were going to get. And like, Zulu right. wanted Excelsior and stuff like that. They were like, nah, I don't want Excelsior. That's bullcrap. And then, yeah, you come up to an Excelsior looking ship, but then right behind it pops the Enterprise. Yep. Isn't okay. that the ship that Sulu was commanding in one of the movies, the Excelsior? Yeah, I think, well, in Undiscovered Country, he has his own ship. Right. Yeah, he's, my... a, he's, he's even a captain by this point, right? He, he's, well, he's a captain. Yeah, they're all like, they should all be admirals by the time that yeah. <laughs> this, this movie's over. Um, like, like uh, yeah, like, it, it just, they, they obviously they focus on, on Kirk and Spock, but, like, why wouldn't Starfleet want uh, McCoy to be, like, leading their... Like something to teach them how to be like field doctors, and why wouldn't they want Scotty to like teach them like all of his tricks he's learning, or Uhura to like he's mastered all these languages and communication? Yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah. Anyways, yeah, then yeah, and Celo gets to pitch around uh, Christian Slater, which is fun. 
I was just going to say, because yeah, in Undiscovered Country, he has not many parts, but one of them is talking to Christian Slater, which is like, he's barely in it as well. Yeah. yeah. Fuck me, he cleared it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're on to my number two? Yes. All right. It's the, the double dumbass. <laughs> oh, that one's good. That almost made the list. Oh, Honorable God. mention. Just, he calls him a dumbass. Double dumbass on double, you. Double dumbass yeah, on you, and then... Well, Spock, double dumbass on you. Spock tries to do it a little bit. He actually Spock does it a little bit. The hell I can. Yeah. He does yeah, it yeah, actually better. The, yeah, the, I think I actually like the exchange more between him and uh, Catherine Hicks. <laughs> Candid Hicks. The hell, the hell I did. Yeah. The hell I did. are not the hell. You're whales. <laughs> so, do you like Italian? No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. I love Italian. <laughs> I love Italian. Alright, well, that's my number two. Alex. My number two is and Damien who uh, who brought this up last time when we were recording uh quotes from Springfield. It's the line Hello computer is one of those lines that is never not gonna be funny. At least for me. Uh it's the thing that that uh, uh, the first thing that pops up in my head whenever somebody says Star Trek Four, <laughs> hello computer, hello computer, it goes into the whole uh, you know the crew's out of time thing. It's like, oh, let me just use your computer over here, computer, <laughs> pull up schematics, <laughs> computer, <laughs> and then Bones just hands him the mouse, <laughs> and then by that point, oh, okay, it's a mouse. <laughs> but Scotty just brings it up like it's a communicator, hello computer. <laughs> I mean, how? <laughs> How how common were 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 mouses even in 1986? <laughs> well, they're using a Mac on that. One. I thought it was a Mac. Yeah. So that's kind of that's where they were kind of. I did I did like when he starts typing and he just starts he's just hunting and pecking, but he gets faster and faster. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing it with oh, one finger. Quit. He's never he's the one finger pecking type of yeah, typist. And talk about uh, uh, movie gooies. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. Well, what, hello, computer. He's just like speed, speeding up, like he's writing and running the program at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this just this is my number one, Alex. So I'll just this is awesome. Hello, computer. The, the oh the keyboard and then cotton packing. Yeah, use the fact use the keyboard. How quaint. Yeah. Just the way the software is, whatever he's doing on there. Just hello, computer. It's my number one, also, or my number one. But Scott, what's your number two? Uh, number two, uh, all the, the fish out of water gags in this. Uh, you know, mostly the, due to the time travel. But yeah, the the vulgar language, uh, the hello computer, the looking for a nuclear whistle, um, the uh, yeah, like you were talking about the exchange about the Italian food, um, just. Uh, I, one I I really liked was it's pretty much like Sulu, out of all of them, gets like the least amount to do in this. Um, but I I really liked when he's when he walks up to the helicopter, and he's like, oh, is this a P twenty three Huey or whatever? And so yeah, I flew one of these in my academy days. It's just like a wink and a nod. Um, yeah, I just I love all of it. It, it makes it, you know. Makes it funny, makes it breezy. All the all these characters are likable, um, and yeah, it, it's some of the stuff is really classic. 
Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was your number two. My number one, I already mentioned, was the Hello Computer <laughs> Transparent Hello computer. Transparent Aluminum. Um, all right. So we're on to Alex's number one. My number one is seeing the original crew all aged and everything, but uh, getting back together for, you know, to finish off this trilogy to come back home after their adventures. Uh, the original cast still has, like, great chemistry. I don't know if they hated each other, like, off the set, but on the yeah, set... Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is funny. Yeah, I have more to say about this in a second, but yeah, yeah. They were always able to, to make it work on screen. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. Yeah, just watching them uh, do their thing. The, the, old, the old crew. That's my the, number The original. Yeah. All right. OG crew. All right, Scott, what's your number one? Uh, following up on what Alex was saying, that, that this, this whole movie just feels like a, a love letter to the, the series, um, to, to the characters. Um, it, it lets all, all, all the characters, um, you know, some obviously a lot more than others, um, get the chance to, to breathe here, um, to, to do fun things. Um, and they're, they're all so comfortable with these characters at this point um, that, that, again, it makes it a, a very breezy watch. Um, and, you know, the whole ending where they're, they're all back together on, on a starship again um, with, with Kirk as a captain. Um, this this felt like o- almost how it should have all wrapped up. Um, you know, if, if you think about this and... Uh, God, what was the name of the fifth one? Final Frontier. Yeah. Yeah. And between, Undiscovered Country. Yeah, but um, between those two, like if it ended here, I think the, this is much better. You know, the they they don't... There's kind of the one action sequence when they're running through the hospital, and that's more humorous than anything else. <laughs> um, yeah. Everything, all, all the other action is more just kind of like the submarine warfare kind of stuff when they're out in the ship, when they're all just sitting around, like classic Star Trek stuff. Um you know, I, I just really appreciated how this was more about just the characters. Um, the you know, with with them going back in time in in a, a modern setting uh, or pre modern setting. I don't even know how to phrase that. <laughs> uh, you know, it definitely is just about them as as characters with the kind of sci fi backdrop, um, and and I I really like that. I thought this was like a, a good way to. to to kind of end up bringing Spock back, and uh, like like you're saying, Alex, to um, finish up what was going on after the the, the previous two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this 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 hits like all the notes of like wh- I think why people like Star Trek. Yeah, and if I'm remembering correctly, that same documentary with Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. He wanted to end it at Rathacon, and that's hence the reason they killed off his character. But they they really wanted him back. He said, no, no, no. And finally they said, okay, I'll come back, but you have to let me direct the next two movies or something like that. And that's the only reason that he came back, and it was for those two movies. But then after that, I don't know why he came back. I don't know if they just... Because <laughs> then remember, Final Frontier is directed by Shatner, and maybe he said, hey, man, I did one for you. You need to do one for me. I don't know how that all worked, but... I, I mean, at that, that point, he'd already done two more than he wanted to do, so... 
I just been like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, improvement. Like, we, we already, yeah, we're already like past the point where I already did all the things I didn't want to do, so might as well. But he got the direct. He want he got the direct it, which is right, right, right. But but no, you're saying like, why was he in the fifth and sixth one? But he wasn't directing it, so I don't know why he didn't just like, yeah. No, that's what I'm. That's 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 what I'm saying. Like, he was like, eh, I already did it, so I might as well just finish it out. Like they they want to they want to keep doing this thing. So anyway. But like I said, I like the sixth movie, but it was also my first introduction to Star Trek, so it's probably the reason for that. <laughs> as, as an aside, you know, we're talking about whether the cast crew hate each other or not. But, uh, if if everybody gets gets the chance, the Star Trek episode of Futurama is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, it might be one of the like. Okay, and George, and then you give him a karate jump. Yeah. Why do you assume I know karate <laughs> just because I'm Asian? Yeah, I know karate. <laughs> yeah, just. He's like, yeah. Well, in my top ten episodes of Futurama, is the Star Trek yeah. one. But, uh, it's fucking great. Bender and and Koning squaring off, and you know, going, I want to do this for a long time. Can't. <laughs> Did you know that Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a Baby? Huh. I did not know that. Yeah. That. So I, I, I would not. I would not have been able movie. to pull that out. But now that you say it, Jeff, <laughs> it sounds. He also directed funny. an episode of T.J. Hooker. I'm Hooker. That, I guess that made sense because that was <laughs> with Shatner, right? That, yeah, Shatner. that was his cop show. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? Uh, damn it! I had one. Uh, they did. They did a cool thing here. Um, so, so Jeff, you mentioned that they, that the second one, or Ethicon could have been it. So all the, the continuity that they, they, they throw in there has to be kind of retcon. All the continuity. Continuity. <laughs> um, but for this movie, like a lot of the actors that's like, that are like Starfleet Command show up again in Undiscovered Country. Which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Um... So they at least they, they like got the same actors back. I don't know if they were actually planning any of that shit out, but um, that and it was jarring again to not have Christie Alley as Savick. Oh yeah, yeah I was. I realized about like, that. I was like is that Christie Alley's? I, I I think what happens is that people just don't watch the third movie, <laughs> so they just go from the second to the fourth. A lot of the time, and it's it's always kind of disconcerting. But I don't know. If, I don't even know if it's the same actress. In in uh, Voyage Home, that was in the Search for Spock, because it's not Kirstie Alley in the third movie. Correct. She's only in Wrath of Khan. She's right, not right, in right. the others. Oh, okay. Um, oh, Captain Kirk, I just want, I didn't have a chance to tell you that your son died. He died. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that was awkward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She does have one of the the funniest moments in Wrath of Khan, but anyway, we'll. We'll talk about Rathacon again some other time. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's time for... Our, oh, no. we got to rate it, right? Um, as usual, we're on a scale of 1 to 7. 1 being absolute garbage. 7 being perfection. I give this movie... Fuck it. I'm giving it a 6. I love this movie. Um, I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but this is one I can always watch. So, it's a 6 for me. Pretty solid. Uh, Alex? 
I'm gonna give this a five, only because it it was a bit too much of a comedy to be a Star Trek movie for me, anyways. But I still enjoy it very much. Fair enough, Scott. A uh, six for me. Uh, very easy to watch. Uh, love love all the characters. Hey, that Star Trek Four is easy on the eyes. <laughs> and uh, and and there is a Star Trek movie out there that is a seven, so I can't I can't I couldn't make this in that same tier. So. Is that the first one? <laughs> <laughs> it's a search for Spock. Viger. All right, all right, pretty good score. So now it's time for a crossover, which is top five time travel methods so we talked about how in this movie they kind of eh, just slingshot around the sun that's, I guess mm-hmm. that's a way of doing it but if you've watched any form of uh, movie, TV, video games there are multiple ways of travel through time so I will go five and um, I've only seen this movie once but I have to have it on my <laughs> list just because of how novel it is <laughs> a hot tub time machine uh, it's higher on my list all right, well, I'll let you talk about it more. But that's my number five, Hot Tub nice. Time Machine. Uh, all right, then, Alex, what's your number five? My number five is a piece of paper from the butterfly effect. Isn't that I've it? Never, I've never seen that movie. I only seen that one snippet where he was in jail and it's like, oh, hold on, let me get this piece of paper. And then he time traveled. Like he read the words or something? I don't know. I just know he read something off a piece of paper and he time traveled. I didn't like that movie particularly all that much. Was that is that how he time traveled, Scott? I don't know. They, they don't really <laughs> explain like how he does it. Really, he just kind of does. And it's not toward the end of the movie that he actually starts like doing it on purpose. Mm, okay. Mm. So a movie you've never seen and you know nothing about makes your top five list. Yeah, because it's so dumb. A p- he just reads a piece of paper. Plus, it's Ashton Kutcher. It's like, ugh. Okay. All right, Scott. What's your number five? Number five is Pim Particles. Uh, oh, that's right. So time heist. Time heist. <laughs> but you talk a lot about time time travel in the, more than like just about any movie that I've that I think I've ever like, like I remember. Um, but mostly just for the whole sequence with Paul Rudd. Where he he jumps uh, through time and he comes back as a super old man and then he comes back as a baby and he comes back as himself <laughs> and then he has the line about how he wet himself because maybe it was because he was a baby or because he was an old man or maybe it was just him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that features prominently. They they do this kind of whole uh, fantastic voyage thing, which I thought was really cool. Um, where they, they all suit up um, yeah. before they, they go into their respective timelines. Um, it it, it uh, falls apart a little bit upon closer inspection, especially when Thanos shows up. But, um, yeah, yeah it, it's it's maybe some recency bias, but uh, I liked how they, they, they worked into the, the, the particular MacGuffin of the plot of the pin yeah. particles themselves. Yeah, this made my honorable mentions list. All right. Uh, my number four is using the Speed Force in the Flash TV show. Oh, I'm, fuck. <laughs> Should have thought of that. I'm, I'm That's good. From at least the <laughs> the Flashpoint Paradox animated movie that I saw. 
Yeah, I've only seen the TV show, so I'm going off of that. But I know it's all based on the comic, so whatever. Yeah. The Flash. Speed Force. All right, that's my number four. Uh, Alex, what's your number four? My number four is the science chair from the time machine. <laughs> Didn't we talk about this last week? <laughs> yeah, because I knew it was going to put it last week. We well, really last week I called it a magic, uh, a magic chair. Magic chair. That's what you called it. Yes. But this is a, its actually a science chair. Ah. Yeah, he just builds himself a science chair. He goes back super way into the future, which I thought was pretty cool. I got to read the book. I've only seen the movie with uh, Guy Pierce. Right? Yeah. I didn't like that movie. Yeah, it was okay. He was a science but, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I liked the, the different eras that he went to, and he went so far into the future that the human race was reduced again to being, you know, very primitive and native. Uh, that was that was awesome. All right. Uh, Scott, number four. It's some kind of hot tub time machine. <laughs> noise well, I'll, I'll expand upon it expand right. it's coming up soon spoiler alert uh, my number three comes from Superman the movie and just flying around the earth <laughs> god damn it not on my list yeah. <laughs> nope this, this is on one, this one of those times Jeff where it's, it's, it's the opposite <laughs> <laughs> where I'm not, yeah. I'm not upset that that you have this on your list, uh, or that it's not on my list. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. And just, but it's one of the first times I remember time travel in a movie, so therefore, it's on my list. And uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of the same concept, I think, is what he's, they're trying to do with the Speed Force and Flash, but just it's dumb. Anyway, but yeah, Superman flying around the Earth really quickly to make it. So now I've heard different things that like he's not making the rotation go the other way so therefore the time goes back it's just he's going so fast back in time that it's earth is just you're just seeing the time shift earth no. going back to the way it was no he's rotating <laughs> the earth because you can well, see it because he he over rotates the earth and so he goes back a little bit to, to compensate for the speed so he gets the rotation of the earth just right yeah, that's true actually yeah well when it, when, it, when it stopped <laughs> it before is. going backwards, everyone went flying forward for a while. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, killed everybody on the planet just to save Lois. <laughs> yeah. It would have killed everybody on the planet. <laughs> um, anyway, Superman, number th- Superman is my number three. Alex, what's your number three? Number three, hot tub, time machine. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. But it's, I mean, the, the movie's made like in the style of the 80s. So any just whatever dumb reason to do whatever thing you needed to for the plot to work. So they have a time machine that's under back in time. It's freaking fantastic. And they have to get some Russian drink that has some dumb ingredient to put in the electronics Chernobyl. to make it work. Yeah, Chernobyl. I did like the Chernobyl. Was it in the I don't know if it is in the first movie, but I really liked at the end of the second movie like during the credits where they they just show them using it over and over again but they don't yeah. actually show what happens it just shows them coming back to the hot tub like like dressed in different ways and like just kind of hinting at what what they were up to yeah that was about the only good thing about that movie well there's a couple other good parts but not really I didn't even know there was a sequel yeah don't bother first one's awesome get it to shenanigans in the 80s they meet Crispin Glover. 
Or loses his hand. Uh, might be the best part of the movie. <laughs> Chris Glover. Uh, I just watched Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Hey, you get your damn hands <laughs> off of her. Okay, um, so that was your number three. <laughs> My number three. So Scott's number three. Number three is a phone booth. Uh, oh, Bill, and, uh, Bill and Ted face the music. It's come Dad. out recently. Um, that we might talk about that in the, in the news section. But um, yeah, just this whole concept that they're using these phone booths, uh, which is really funny now because I I hope they I have not seen the Bill and Ted face the music, but. Like, I wouldn't even know where to go to find a phone booth. A museum. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because they they just don't exist, at least here. Maybe maybe they're around in in other countries or other parts of the country here. Mm -hmm. But you're no longer a thing. But uh, just just them having to cram into these phone booths. Um, And then the, the, the cool effect where they're kind of like on a, like a weird cable that's kind of bending all over the place. Um, and you know, I liked it in the, in the first movie where they're, they've got how many people, like six or seven people crammed in the phone booth with them. Um, <laughs> and so they finally try to get there to, to make their history report. Um, yeah, the phone booth, Bill and Ted. Very cool. Which leads yeah. to my number two, which is the phone booth from Bill and Ted's. Um, everything Scott said, uh, and that, that at one point they try to fix it with bubble gum and they break the antenna. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, where can you when they in the new movie when they land somewhere? What they're what the hell is that thing? And I, I don't know where Superman gets changed anymore either. There's no phone booths. One of them ask you a quick question. When was the last time you guys used change for anything? Change mm. like, like a vending machine or something? Yeah, yeah, like quarters, yeah. nickels, dimes. Probably a fucking parking meter. Yeah, I would say a parking I, meter or a vending machine like at work. Yeah. Well, when I used to go to work. <laughs> in the, yeah. the wait in the in the time long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rare. Yeah, I have no use for my coin purse anymore. <laughs> my silken join purse. Your, both your coin purses. Mm-hmm. Ew. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then like I said, what I think Scott was saying when they're all in there. At one point, it's like horizontal. They're all just like standing. Yeah, and, like hanging out. Yeah. So that's my number uh, number two. So Alex, what's your number two? My number two is from a video game, uh, Chrono Trigger. In this one, there's a lot of portals at first, but when you get your own time machine, the Epoch, that is the fucking best. It serves as a time machine and an airship, so you can fly around the different, the well, the same world, but in different timelines and everything. It's awesome. I'm, I'm, I still remember. I I, I, yeah. I I can hear the music, Alex. <laughs> yeah, so cool. And the effect that it has, where he, like it zooms past, like it's going so fast around the world. This is like goddamn man coming to switch. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's tapped. Uh, all right, Scott, number two. Number two. Uh, I, I guess I'll just say magic words uh again too so you alex you talked about time machine <laughs> last week i think i mentioned army of darkness last week uh um, oh yeah so the <laughs> uh 
uh, Ash having to say the the magic words to go back in time, <laughs> or to go back back to his own time, I should say. Uh, and then I I said the words mostly. <laughs> not every not every <laughs> single syllable. syllable mostly. And then the, that's the, good. The, I forgot about that one. The, the deadites, which again is the much better ending from the, the super depressing one where he gets. A ma- instead he gets a uh, magic potion where he's supposed to take like four drops like like an eye yeah, dropper yeah it's like how many it's to sleep for however many centuries yeah yeah right yeah. And, and like something distracts him and he loses count and he like wakes up and the earth is destroyed so <laughs> and then the movie ends like that that's not as fun no <laughs> oh, that was awesome hail to the king baby mm-hmm Alright, my number one, when you're going to travel, travel in style. Yep. The DeLorean. Yep. Same. <laughs> there's, no other, there's no other number one. No, Wait, Mr. Fusion? Or? <laughs> I mean, Mr. Fusion. It's a lot more convenient when the car is flying to time travel, I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, you don't like the train? The yeah. time traveling train? What's wrong with the train? It's got it's got Stay on the tracks. Uh, it's got Mary Steemergen and two super creepy looking kids. Yeah, Jules and Vern. <laughs> I think it's Vern that points to his pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> that final shot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the DeLorean. <laughs> DeLorean. Yep. At all its versions, I'll I'll guess, but the eighty eight I mean, miles an hour. Yeah. Like, which I fucking love because. Like there can't be any kind of uh, like scientific rift there. They're just like it'll just be really cool if we say eighty eight miles an hour, <laughs> and it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a magic number. Like it just sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do think having a moving time machine is kind of weird because like they dress up the movie. Like as soon as you end up where it ended up, you're just going to crash through something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know that I say that loud. I guess eighty eight. Is two Mobius strips? Anyway. Oh, yeah. There it is. It's the flux capacitor. Yeah. Zemeckis, you've done it again. <laughs> you crazy son of a son bitch. Of a bitch. <laughs> All right, so that's your guys' number ones as well. Anything else to add? Uh, honorable mention to Futurama. Uh, the, the cryotubes, which isn't strictly time travel, but... Uh, it effectively throws. Well, Scott's hit 88 miles an hour right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oops, sorry. Wait. You lost your. You forgot your license plate in the present. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm back. I got to tell you what oh. happens to your kids in the future. Oh, oh boy. shit! You turn to assholes or something? <laughs> oh, I know my kids. <laughs> well, they are Alex's kids. Yeah. Um. Oh, in Futurama, they also have the the time machine, but that only goes forward. (laughs) They do have an awesome episode. Like, there are a couple episodes about time travel outside of that. Yeah, the one that only goes forward is a fucking great episode. But, um, yeah, just the the whole idea of, welcome to the world of tomorrow, every time they wake these people up. Mm -hmm. Well, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, Well, three. One, you already said, with the Pym Particles. Two, uh, blackout drinking. So, <laughs> that is an excellent yeah. way to time. Well, 
I don't know about excellent, <laughs> but uh, God damn it. a common way to time travel, yes. But I can't believe you guys didn't have this on your list. The uh, the Ocarina of Time. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Do, 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 do. Fuck. Now I am upset, mm-hmm. Jeff. I wasn't upset with the, the other thing, but now. <laughs> uh, damn. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Magic flute. Ottawa mentioned a Kung Fury too while we're at it. Yeah, you gotta hack you back in time. Hitler All right, well, trouble. with that, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, you know how you're working your ass off at the U.S. Uh, at a tennis open? Oh, yeah. And you are doing, and you think you're losing, so you want to get disqualified on purpose? You don't have to tell me. All you got to all you gotta do is hit the ball really hard at, at a line woman's throat. And that'll get you to vacation town real quick. So, yeah. So I didn't actually see this. What happened exactly? I kind of heard about this. No, Novak Djokovic uh, was, he was actually the heavy favorite to win the whole thing. And, and he was just having like a bad set or something. And he was frustrated. So in his frustration, he just hit like a ball really hard without looking. And it incidentally ended up hitting a lineswoman right in the neck. Uh, apparently she's okay. I mean, sure she got checked out and everything because it hurt like hell. That's a tennis uh, ball. <laughs> right in the fucking throat, though. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah he got. Yeah. Nope, that's it's kind of a universal thing in any sport where there's umpires, refs. Uh, if you touch them, you're out. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't fuck around. Like you're not allowed to touch them ever. Um, basketball, it happens like. Like at least once a season, where some guy will angrily bounce a ball, and he'll bounce up and hit a ref, and then like, oh, he's tossed. Like, baseball, if you ever see a guy like toss his bat or whatever, if it even like grazes the ump, like his ass is getting tossed. Like they don't, like they do not put up with any of that. Even in tennis. Yep. No, and he got disqualified from the whole thing. He is out. Uh, he's won plenty of things. He's fine. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. He was fined $10,000. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, Apparently, the lady who got hit is receiving death threats. What? Chivas <laughs> H. People. Oh, that's, that's what the internet says. People, please. Forget sometimes that crazy fans aren't just reserved for like football and for like the American K- major sports. And K-pop <laughs> bands. They're everywhere. Yep. Hey, boy, tennis. I think this is the first time we talked about tennis and the sports. Good job, Alex. Yeah, you're welcome. Sports. <laughs> it's time for Niam New. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right, so uh, Nintendo's done this a couple times now, and I, I kind of like it. Where they they again they have these things called uh, Nintendo Direct. So Nintendo Directs, plural, um, mm-hmm. where they, they talk about stuff that's going on with the Switch, games coming out mostly. And um, most of the time, they they just kind of drop. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, notice. And before the quarantine started, um, they there was a real big dry spell 
um, where they've done a couple small ones about like very like just a single game, um, just, just stuff that they were promoting for their own like first party. I think they did one for like Animal Crossing. Um, mm-hmm. Then nothing, and then all of a sudden they they dropped. I think last month they they started doing these things called Nintendo Direct Minis, where they they made them less about the the first party stuff, um, and then and so. Um, there's been a couple of these um, but uh, there were two directs this month and one of them was for uh, Mario's uh, 35th anniversary and so they showed a bunch of stuff coming out on the Switch um, there was also like an AR Mario Kart thing with your phone where you actually race around an actual uh, uh, like RC car but it has like a camera on it, so you, it's all like AR. So you like set up a track in your living room, like it didn't look super functional, but the concept was cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They 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 went over like a bunch of Nintendo or Mario stuff that they're doing to, to celebrate. Um, a couple of them were, were interesting. Um, like they're, uh, I, th- I think it's already out on if you have Nintendo online. So so Jeff, you could probably check this out if you really wanted to, but. I think they're, they're throwing Super Mario All-Stars. Oh, yeah. On the Switch if you have the online service. Yeah, my boys played it for a bit. Yeah, so so that's... If you want to play that now, you can do it. Um, I think starting next month, they're, they're doing like a, a kind of a Tetris 99 thing where you'll... You can get on, play Super Mario Brothers against 34 other people, so 35 people total. Um... And you basically try to like outlast each other going through levels, um, with kind of different <laughs> sets of conditions, and it actually looked pretty interesting. Um, and the uh, there were a couple other things, but the thing that 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 really interested me the most was coming out later this month, so just in a couple of weeks, if if even that, um, they're having Super Mario 3D All Stars coming out on the Switch. So Super Mario 64. Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxies are coming in in one package um, that you can can download, or I, I guess you get a physical copy too somewhere. Um, when you were a babe, I was playing Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, played played these games on the Switch, and uh, it's well overdue. I, I was um, in in the nerdiest way possible. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm alone with my thoughts, I was wondering why. Uh, Super Mario 64 was not on the the Switch yet. Um, the the kind of the only downside to to the to the 3D Mario's is that they're just pretty much straight ports. Um, I mean they they've been like upresed and and kind of made to fit the the resolution on the Switch. Um, but other than that, there's really nothing else new to them, uh, which is fine. Um, I think people know what they're getting into. Uh, but but I'm kind of excited mm-hmm. for this, um, you know. I, I it's been a really long time since I uh, beat Mario 64. I don't think I ever did beat Sunshine. I never really played Galaxies, um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to all of that. Um, I know uh, most recently, um, Super Mario Odyssey is, is, is a great game. Um, yeah, it's awesome. So uh, yeah, I'm just uh, just kind of excited about this. Um, and, and um, other... now, do you, sorry, do you know if this is true that 
that is only going to be on sale for six months, though. So and then I you was can never get it I, again. So I have not looked up, like looked into this any further. But yes, the, the it was awkwardly phrased. It it, it well, yes, one way to interpret it was that this this uh, super, this pack with the the three games was going to be out for a limited time between when it comes out at the beginning of this month and whenever it ends, uh, like at some point into next year. Um, I took it to, to mean that there was some kind of limited edition version of this game that was going to be out in that in that window. But I don't know. I don't know. It could mm-hmm. be that, yeah, this is just it, um, which is an interesting thing for them to do. Um, and, and honestly, a little bit shitty if they come back later and just sell the games individually. Yeah. Um, unless the cost of all three of them individually is is roughly the same as it would be to, to get this uh, package. I think I would only three. get sun. Yeah, I think I'd only get sunshine. Well, um, I would get all three actually. I'm lying. Yeah, no, you, it's funny. You're not the only one that I've heard bring that up, Alex. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of a, again awkwardly worded. Um, so yeah, just uh, Nintendo stuff. People are fans of, of the Mario games. Uh, you know. Get the chance to go back and play these these three games, um, should should be fun. Um, and then uh, talking about video games, the the Marvel Avengers game is out. Um, so I don't know anybody that's played this yet. I've been I've been kind of eyeballing it because Lord knows I love the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I. I haven't really taken a serious stab at uh, like looking to see if I can find a deal or anything like that. Um, but it looks cool. Uh, so the, I mean, the, the game's out now. Um, just looking at commercials, it looks like the like the MCU lineup. Um, but there's like a random character that's like elastic or whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, maybe that's what you like, mean, Ms. Marvel. It's not Ms. Marvel. Um, maybe there's some kind of, uh, like, it's supposed to be a, a, a player surrogate, um, as kind of like, like, you're playing this character, but it's actually you, you know, joining the Avengers or, or whatever. I, I don't mm. know. Um, so, I'll, I'll see if, if, what happens with this. I've already heard rumblings, though, of, of like, um, some shitty, um, yeah, multiplayer games as a service. Like, yeah, yeah, some kind of a yeah, microtransaction, whatever. Yeah. Um, which leads me to my last thing, which might be the most despicable thing that I've ever seen <laughs> in, in video games um, outside of, like, people being, like, human beings just being jerks. Uh, right. Which is, I think it was, is it EA? Or <laughs> it would be. Uh, it's actually, either EA or Ubisoft. Hold on a second. Let me actually type this out. But basically, um, in the the most recent UFC um, game, they actually threw live ads <laughs> into the game that would pop up while uh, you're playing matches. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know why they thought they were going to get away with that. Like that people were going to be cool with that. Like, there's just no way. It's not like this game 
as far as I know, is free. Like, you paid money for this game, so why are you also continuing to pay for ads? Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was EA. Um, just the the balls on these guys. Like, like at some like when they when they were talking about doing this, somebody in the room had to raise their hand and say, "Yeah, like, people are gonna fucking hate this." Yes, yeah. and somebody else would have had to have said, "You're probably right, but let's go, let's do it anyway and see what happens." Yeah, <laughs> and sure uh. enough, they they ran with it and everybody fucking hated it. And it was it was so obtrusive too. It wasn't even like um, they like set it up between rounds or whatever. It was like in the middle of the screen as as you're like fighting, like the this stuff would pop up. It, it's it's so laughable, like just the just the implementation of it even, just so like brazen, like I I just it just speaks of like how out of touch um, these these execs are that, that are running these this this massive uh, video game company. Um, and, and video games are, are huge business. They're, they, 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 I, I don't know the numbers, but like they make more than movies for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as, as a whole of the industry. So it, it is huge business. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I, it's unfathomable that they, they went forward with this. Uh, you know, and, and you know, you know, somewhere at Activision, they're like, they're like, Fuck, I'm glad they did it before we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's interesting, like, just a, a I, 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 want, I really wanted to bring this up as just like a, a something to be outraged by that really doesn't mean anything. Like, if this is the, like the most outrageous thing to actually talk about in the world, it would be a pretty good time. But, uh, you know, with everything else, I, I thought this was something f- kind of fun to latch on to. That <laughs> it's just so uh, just unbelievable to me. Um, but uh, and anyway, uh, that's that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, not really. Oh, uh, the GameStop that was near our place is closing down, so I've got some deals. Mm. I'm playing. I started playing Code Vein right now, and it's oh, cool. like a very heavily anime, but Souls-like game. And <laughs> that, those game games... looks, that game looks like anime, the game. <laughs> it is. But it, it's got Souls gameplay, and those games usually didn't grab me, but because this one has so much like anime, but care, over-the-top characters, and, and it, yeah, it, so far the story is okay, but it, it's really hooked me. I don't think I have any GameStops super close by where where I lived previously. There was one, mm. but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't entirely know that I'd want to actually go down to the store. <laughs> like, like how how was the overall selection, Alex? Uh, it was slim pickings, but I was still I was still able to pick out like three ones. I got that Greedfall and Doom because I didn't pick it up previously. Okay, what what, what did you pick up uh, Greedfall on your Xbox? Uh, no, PS4. PS4, okay. Have you played yeah. it yet? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that uh, offline, as they say. Yeah. I just finished, like, a big fantasy epic, so I wanted to steer clear from that for a bit. <laughs> what did you finish? Odin's Fear, Left to oh, Fear. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. 
Damn, the game's ending was left, awesome. Left Thraser, right Thraser. Mm-hmm. Life Thraser, that's what it is. Um, okay. Um, yeah, that, there's so much cool shit in that game. Um, anything else you want to talk mm-hmm. about? Nope, that was it. Right. Uh, Jeff, if you're still there. I'm just... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just... Uh, um, the the one thing is they re- announced the release date for Mandalorian season two, which is this oh. October, October thirtieth. Okay, you yeah, something to look forward to. So oh, that's yeah. just a couple months away, less than a couple months away. So, um, I don't think they've done a trailer or anything yet, but that was the only thing that I saw. Release date October thirtieth. And how how so. cool would it have been if if Disney was like, we know people have been asking about Mandalorian two. Well, here it is, and just fucking like. Beyonce did it and just dropped it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunities. I'm, I'm just saying the the execs of these companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. That's yeah, that's yeah. just around the corner. Yep, that's all I got. So okay, sounds like we're done then. Yeah. All right. Uh, go ahead, Alex. Oh, just. Real quick snippet, Mulan not doing so hot with all these oh, reviews yeah. coming in. Um, I know at least one person who saw it that said it was the best of the live action Disney movies, but that's not exactly high praise. <laughs> yeah, that's not a glowing review. Um, I know again, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the the release of this movie. Not not just because of all the the China stuff, but um, just because of Disney tacking on that that huge uh, uh, charge to, to watch it, yep. On top of already having their service, I think we talked about this before. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want to get too too far into it, but uh, hope hope this doesn't set like a bad precedent. I mean, in a way, like Amazon Prime pretty much already does this. Where you get you get your shit free on Prime, and then there's stuff that's not free on Prime, but you're already paying. But, uh, but you're already paying for Prime if you're getting the free stuff anyway. Yeah, but you also, if you're if you decide to cancel your Prime account, you still have the movies. True. They're still they're still accessible. True. Uh, I heard that if you buy Mulan, but your subscription to Disney Plus runs out, you can't see it anymore. Yeah, it sucks. It's just again, it's just a lot of money. But I think it was Jeff that was saying last week. Well, like, well, you know, if you have a family of four, then it's really not that expensive. But you know, when I I think what bothers me is, yes, I I would hundred percent do this if like they wanted to release like Wonder Woman tomorrow. I I would I would pay that. I mean, that wouldn't be on Disney Plus, but um, Mm -hmm. but like something like that. I would I would just pay the money. But like. I don't want that to be the norm, I guess. I, I don't know. No, I, 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 I think doing both is kind of bullshit. It's either you have a subscription service, at least give me a discount if I have this subscription yeah, service. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. it was just less, like, like. But, and then, but no matter what, I own it. Like, that's the one thing I just kind of, I don't think I knew that, or if I did, I didn't even think about it too well. Like, if I pay $30, then, okay, it's fine, but that's my movie now. Like you said, like Alex said with Amazon Prime, like I, most of my movies I do buy digitally now. I haven't bought an actual physical uh, Blu-ray in a long time, and so at least I have it. It's on my my library. I can pull it up on any of my computers, Xbox, Roku. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, anyway, 
Um, and like I said, I, we both said, like, if it was a Star Wars movie coming out, I would, I wouldn't like it, but I would do it without even thinking about it. <laughs> that's but would, you mean you wouldn't like the movie, or you wouldn't like paying for it? <laughs> well, both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. I guess with Mandalorian, like, is there a way for you to own Mandalorian now? Like, if I just wanted to, I don't want Disney Plus. I want to mm. own Mandalorian. Can I even do that right now? I don't know. I mean, I don't think again, so. The, who? So, yeah, you would think Disney would have been planning on on like a Blu-ray set or something like that. And maybe they have. I, I don't know. Um, but why do that when you can just have people, you know, forever <laughs> give you? Ten dollars a month or whatever the yeah, price in, is. In perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But anyway, um, that's it. Uh, please go to our Patreon. Uh, Alex is still putting up his clothes from Springfield. So go check that out. Uh, everything is still free during quarantine. So just go there, check it out, download some stuff, and we're still uh, in quarantine. <laughs> um, God damn it! Once Mandalorian comes out, I will definitely put it out more. Uh, Star Wars episodes on there. I'll probably like do one per episode or something. Cool. Uh, but don't no no promises. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep, be excellent to each other. More episodes guaranteed. Not a guarantee. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.